broadcasting from Woodstock, Georgia. Welcome to Soul Solutions, a show where we overcome our fears and our limiting beliefs. I'm your host, author, and certified life coach, Terry Kozlowski. Episode 13, Compassion is the Natural State of the Human Heart. Despite the ego's natural state of fear, humans have a great capacity for compassion. Our interconnectedness with spirit, mother nature, and other human beings allows for the benevolent feelings to arise from our souls. The human's heart's natural state is compassion. Our brains are wired to connect with others using mirror neurons. Through these specialized nerve cells, our empathy is activated and we feel the emotions of others. This circuitry connects our brains with every personal encounter we have. So our bodies are naturally compassionate. Watch toddlers at a playground, and we can see that they naturally care about others' well-being. But as we age, cynicism enters our lives. We become less sympathetic towards others and allow the egoic fears to rule our existence. The myth of human selfishness. Humans are not self-centered creatures. The ego is. It's the egoic mind that causes people to be greedy, unkind, and competitive. Its need to keep us safe means the ego perpetuates lies, innuendos, and half-truths to keep us in its control. What lies and disguises does it wear? Most of the negative chatter in our heads are inaccuracies of the ego. For example, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of love. Everyone is greedy. What do they want from me? If I show my feelings, others will think I'm weak. Competition is normal. It has to be perfect. I'm not enough. They'll hurt me. I don't have time. Others will think I'm crazy if I move towards my dreams. It will never work out for me. I'm not pretty enough. I can't. These are the ego's words as it tries to keep us from growing and expanding because it wants to keep us small. The goal of the ego is to keep us separate from others. This false belief that we are separate is the most significant harm we perpetuate upon ourselves. Is there a biological component to compassion? Recent studies show that our emotions are coherent, practical, and adaptive. They are part of humanity's evolution for society's greater good. It first begins with parents and their offspring, as our brains attune compassionately to our children. Yet this concern occurs not only with loved ones. Another study shows that if we watch harm being done to others, the same region of the brain activates like we are looking at our child being harmed, as indicated in CAT scans. So seeing our children or victims of violence causes our brains to respond with empathy, even though they are very different subjects. So compassion isn't a frivolous or unreasonable emotion, but instead an instinctive human response wired into our brains. Further research shows that the feeling we have when we help someone is the same emotion we get from personal gratification. Our brain rewards us with positive emotions like pleasure and joy when we help others. 
So we are compassionate towards others, our bodies have a physiological response. Our heart rate decreases, it releases oxytocin, which makes us bond to others. And being sympathetic towards others motivates the body to be more compassionate, to release more oxytocin. So our body's natural state is to be loving to one another. So what is compassion? Is it the same as empathy or altruism? Not necessarily. Empathy is the ability to understand and share another's feelings. Feeling the excitement of a friend or tearing up at another sadness. Altruism is the practice of self-sacrificing for the well-being of others. Examples are monetary donations to a worthy cause, volunteering, or giving your lunch to a homeless person. Compassion is the emotional response to others suffering with the authentic yearning to help alleviate their pain. Our first impulse is to help others, but the ego interferes with this natural instinct by getting concerned about how others will perceive our acts of kindness. Darwin himself wrote in The Descent of Man that communities with the most sympathetic participants would flourish best. Compassion soothes distress and helps forge the vital connections we need with others. With a simple touch, caress, or pat on the back, we can convey our concern to another. And this simple act triggers the release of oxytocin, which makes us feel good. What are the benefits of being compassionate? A study has shown that living a life with a purpose focused on helping others over self-satisfaction has shown reduced stress and inflammation levels in the body. Inflammation is the root cause of most disease. So compassion protects us from stress and allows us to live a longer, healthier life. Being sympathetic gives a broader perspective. It takes our focus off of us, which eases depression and anxiety. When we are helping others, when we open our hearts and allow the bigger picture to be seen, a new viewpoint can help us with our own life situations. Social connections with others boost our feelings of well-being. We are less likely to feel anxious or depressed. We have higher self-confidence and are more trustful and supportive of others. These associations strengthen our immunity and help us recover from illness faster and lengthens our lives. How do we cultivate compassion? According to AmeriCorps, 30% of Americans volunteered in 2018. What causes people to foster an animal, help a sick neighbor, or serve dinner at a shelter? Maybe it's because we see others in distress. We imagine ourselves in that same situation and would like to know that others would help us too. As we develop, we feel secure in our family. We will be more sympathetic towards our peers. When children are explained why their actions were wrong and how it affected others, the child is more likely to help people in the future. These kids have developed more compassion for humanity as they are more conscious of other suffering and the desire to ease their pain. Of course, parents who taught compassion by being an example, their children tend to be more altruistic as well. Meditation is an excellent way to cultivate compassion. Going within, letting go of the ego, and allowing our hearts to lead, compassion quickly arises. This natural response occurs because through contemplation, we increase our positive feelings and reduce negative ones. Physiologically, meditating enhances those areas of the brain that are linked to empathy and improve emotional management. 
Let's consciously develop compassion. To mindfully choose to grow our compassionate side, we have to look at our prejudices. Our biases cannot play a part if we are genuinely acting to alleviate the suffering of others. Humanity has made huge developments over time, showing that hatred is not the dominating factor in its advancement. Maybe it's our compassionate nature. We all can see that humans want to be happy, and we can empathize with that desire. By keeping this altruistic sense at the forefront of our minds, we can begin to put aside the egoic thoughts that hinder ourselves from acting compassionately. Anger towards a group of people is one deterrent to our helping others in distress. By examining our anger, we can determine if the ego is trying to control our actions. Have we had a negative personal experience that the egoic mind is basing its anger? Or are we reacting to what the media and the entertainment industry has fed our minds over the years? Another way the ego limits our compassionate response is by exploiting our fear. It uses our lack of knowledge about a group of people to keep us afraid of them. This unfamiliarity occurred with the Native American populations when the Europeans arrived in the Americas. History shows us that the fear of the unknown caused widespread death, cultural assimilation, and relocation of Native peoples. How does the media and the entertainment industry feed our fears? When we see acts of violence on the news, the ego gets its hackles up. It sees danger and wants to protect us. That's its job. While watching a violent movie or a television show, the same thing occurs. Although we know that what we choose to view is not real, the ego still gets its hackles up. Why do we think that watching acts of violence is entertaining? It is not to our authentic selves, but it is enjoyable to our egos. Remember, the egoic mind doesn't care if the threat is real or imagined. To the ego, it just has to protect us. If we aren't examining why we are fearful when we see someone who's been portrayed as violent in mass media, our automatic reaction will be fear because that is what we fed it. So because our egoic mind sees brutality all around it in electronic form, it believes there's a real danger. We've inadvertently fed it consistent amount of hostility, bloodshed, viciousness, and savagery. So much so, we now believe that the world we live in is sadistic. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't real cruelty in the world. Still, when we consume violence as a leisure activity, we heightened the egoic mind to see it in our daily lives. How do we learn to love our enemies? For us to become more compassionate, we can't turn to our friends. We have to deal with whom we think is our enemy. Those people in our lives that push our buttons or the ego have determined that they are out to harm us. Our first lesson comes through tolerance. Our ability to accept others just as they are is essential to building our compassion muscles. Again, we must examine what the egoic mind has been showing us about who we call adversary. Are the beliefs based on what we've seen via mass media or personal experience? If we had a personal encounter, how long ago has that particular event occurred? For example, three Hispanics sexually abused me when I was a child. So my ego and its attempts to keep me safe wants me to be fearful of Hispanic men. But that trauma occurred 40 years ago. Since then, I've had wonderful working experiences with Hispanic men. 
So by examining these ideas, I can determine that I've had more positive interactions with Hispanic men than negative ones. Any fears my ego is trying to instill are no longer needed, and I can unlearn this outdated belief. Learning to love who our ego calls foe is about altering our perceptions. We need to explore why the egoic mind interferes with our compassionate response to a fellow human being. In doing so, we allow our heart to speak based on the information from the present moment, not the past. We don't allow the past or what the media is dispensing to determine our actions. How do we trust the world around us? Look around us. Really look. As we walk down the street in the town we live in, aren't the people just like us? We're all multifaceted, imperfect, and kind-hearted individuals trying to live our lives in peace. What acts of kindness and concern do we see from one another? Someone is holding the door open for the elderly. Another person is helping a lady with the packages she dropped. Did you notice the man paying the teenager's bill because he didn't have enough money for his lunch? There are more acts of compassion and trusting one another than there are hate and brutality if we just allow ourselves to see them. By opening up our eyes, we confirm what our hearts have been telling us. There is love all around us every single day. By trusting in humanity instead of believing the egoic fear of mankind is correct, we can begin to heal ourselves and our communities. What are some simple actions we can take to dispel the egoic fear? We can cultivate our compassion and support for humanity. Developing trust and love for our fellow human beings isn't difficult, even when we are bombarded by mass media telling us otherwise. Through mindfulness, we can refocus our attention to see the loving kindness of people around us. Getting quiet, meditating is a beautiful way to center ourselves and realign with spirit. Through silence, we empower ourselves to live authentically from our hearts. Learn to have a genuine conversation with whom your ego calls our enemy. This talk isn't about agreeing on anything. It's about being able to see the other person's perspective. It's showing respect by allowing each person the opportunity to speak and be heard. Don't make assumptions. Ask for clarification so understanding can occur. We need to learn how to listen to one another. No interrupting. And please don't use social media as a place to express frustrations. Doing so passes on negativity to others and feeds the egoic mind. This venting is not a way to help nurture our communal bonds. It just rips them apart. Why is helping others contagious? Inspiration causes elevation of the spirit. So when we see an inspired act of service, it elevates our hearts to want to help. And our act of compassion inspires others to perform considerately too. There is a chain reaction of generosity, which we can see in the pay it forward activities at drive throughs when we see others' happiness, it also improves our own, thereby improving our communities. We all need love. It's a common denominator for humanity, no matter our differences. By allowing the ego to give attention to the 0.1% of our differences, we negate the 99.9% .9 of our similarities. Allowing our egoic minds and the media to determine how we interact with one another is senseless. As society, we need to move out of the ego's self-centeredness. This self-absorption causes deception, suspicion, and fear.
For us to transcend our fear-based egos, we need to open our hearts. This opening act allows the soul to speak to us and show us the commonalities we have with others, even those we think are our enemies. It's as simple as being kind to all we meet. Moving forward by living a compassionate life. The fear of others is born of the egoic mind. When we live from the heart, we know that there is no need to fear another human being. When we treat everyone as a trusted friend, that's what they become. Because we give love from our hearts, love is returned tenfold. This loving response is how we heal ourselves and the world we live in, one compassionate act at a time. As we become more conscious of how the heart's natural state is compassion, we can take control of our lives by seeing the love that is always around us. Do you need support to help you live a compassionate life? Do you want a strategy to help you overcome the ego's limiting beliefs and live a successful life? If so, please reach out to me at terrykozlowski.com and we can put together an action plan for you to create the life you desire. Please join us next week as we discuss how the journey to spirit is merely a reawakening to what you already know. Thanks for listening to Soul Solutions with Terry Kozlowski. If you'd like the show and want to learn more, check out terrykozlowski.com where you can find the links to everything we talked about in this episode. Please subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode as we overcome our fears and our limiting beliefs. Thank you.